This is the Partnership Podcast, where we bring you all things business from the Vale Valley, including business news, current issues, advocacy alerts, community conversations, and more. Presented by Vale Valley Partnership. Hi, welcome to the Partnership Podcast. This is Chris Romer, President and CEO of Vale Valley Partnership, and I am joined today by Brian Brandel. Brian is a candidate for Eagle County Commissioner. He'll be on the ballot that you'll receive in October, and Election Day, of course, is November 9th. Uh, Brian, we have a lot of admiration and respect for anyone who runs for public office, so thank you so much for throwing your hat in the ring and um, being willing to put yourself out there. It takes takes good people from all parties who, who are willing to do that. It's not an easy task. So if you would, um, share a little bit about who are you? What's your background? What, what encouraged you to run for county commissioner? Okay, thank you for the question. Um, my name is Brian Brandle. I am born and raised here in Eagle County. I graduated from uh, Eagle Valley High School. Um, I'm just watching the valley and watching things change and wasn't happy with some of the things that I was seeing and um, was encouraged by some folks to maybe throw my hat in the ring and give it a go. And I think that um, there's just some priorities that are out of alignment at the county level, in my opinion, and that's what really encouraged me to run. Um, I work in the private sector. I'm an entrepreneur. I have my own company. Um, and I think I can bring a lot of my past experiences to this office and really help to just see this county grow in a responsible way and um, help to promote job growth and things that I know on helping businesses to be successful, which makes our entire community successful. Yeah, Brian, thank you so much. And that, uh, that's music to my ears because anyone who follows the partnership or who knows me, um, knows that I think that the um, health of the business community is um, directly tied to the health of the community at all. It's it's almost impossible for for one to be healthy without the other being healthy. So that that um, acknowledgement and awareness of the importance of our small businesses and the health of our business community is a really good driver for anyone running for office. So again, thank thank you for for doing that. I know it's hard, and I know you're out there. You're you're knocking on doors and you're campaigning and you're hosting events and you're talking to a lot of people um, as you talk to people as you're doing your door ringing and doing your events brian what do you see as the top issue facing eagle county um i see the top issue facing eagle county is actually a collection of a, a few different issues but they're all tied to one which is housing and that short-term rental long-term rental as well as attainable housing that people can afford to buy on salaries that companies here pay. And um, I think that, you know, <laughs> there's a myriad of other things that tie into that, you know, including childcare, uh, the workforce and everybody being short staffed. And I believe that that all ties back to housing that we need to get the housing crisis solved. Yeah, I and, and thank you again. I think it's, um, I know that we've done some surveys, 96% of people recognize that that housing is a huge issue. and. I'll take what you said and maybe put it in a different a different way, but reinforcing your comment, housing is really the foundational aspect that drives all the other challenges in Eagle County. Um, and so the, thank you for the um, identifying that as the top issue. It's, it's no shock to me that that's what you'd be hearing. So we appreciate that. What, you know, so staying on that theme, Brian, of the, the top issue being housing, what do you see as the role of government in addressing the housing issue? 
Um, I see the role of government in addressing the housing issue is um, that it right now it, it seems when I talk to everybody that it's the bottleneck at the county level that when somebody wants to get something done in unincorporated Eagle County and bottlenecks at the county level, I know there's short staffing, there's short staffing everywhere. There's a lot of other things, but I think that um, the role of government would be to streamline that process to get permitting done, to get the housing approved so these developers can start getting it going forward. Um, I think that we need to be creating a partnership between the government and the private sector, and it is not the government's job to build the housing. I'm sorry, it's just not what it was designed to do. Um, we are there to work together with the private sector and help get them down the road, but not to actually take it over. We shouldn't be in competition with the private sector. Um, yeah, you know, please and, keep going. No, as much as you want to share about how the, with the role of government in solving the housing issue, I think know, people want, want that, so please. Yeah, no, and, and you know that they, there are things that the government needs to be involved in with the housing issue, you know, making sure that they're built safely, that, you know, they're up to codes, standards, um, you know, that they're being built efficiently, you know, because just we, we have limited resources and it's something that should be addressed as well. Well, you know, that process of building the communities is going on. Yeah, and thank you, Brian, again, housing. We could talk about housing um, all day and, and we're, we, we will revisit housing a little bit later in this discussion. Yeah. Uh, but let's shift gears a little bit. And it, it, let me let me tee this one up for you a little bit here. And we know that business leaders have long advocated for an improved transit system in Eagle County. Um, we at the partnership and others in the business community have worked with local municipalities, Eagle County, Beaver Creek Metro District. Um, we've had eight different entities refer a ballot question to bring forth the Eagle Valley Regional Transportation Authority to the ballot to help solve our transit and transportation issues and make us a little more regionally competitive with other neighboring mountain communities. So the question for you is, is any thoughts you have on the Regional Transportation Authority and do you do you support or do you oppose the creation of that district? Um, I support the creation of it. I think it's a great idea. There's a definite need for it. Um, I think that if the bus systems worked better together, more people would utilize them. I know that I've seen the inefficiency trying to catch a bus from Gypsum to Avon to Beaver Creek, the time gaps that you have, you know, and it's just, there needs to be a more collaboration, more unity within that transit system itself. So I am a definite uh, proponent of it. I think that's the right word. Yeah, that's the <laughs> and, right word. Uh, um, and I think that, seeing the towns and other communities getting behind it, just the writing's on the wall, it needs to happen. You know, we need to get it so it's more of a cohesive working unit um, within all of the communities so it's easier to use. And I think that's gonna drive, you know, people to not wanna, I, I don't like driving on I-70 anymore. It almost feels like you're in Denver back in the day, you know, and we all hated it then and we don't like it anymore now. And to see people getting on a bus or some kind of a transit system like that to get to work, I think is an amazing idea. Um, you know, it's just, and you look at all the other benefits of it for reducing carbon footprint, you know, things of that nature that when people are carpooling or riding a bus, we're, you know, we're achieving so many different things at the same time. Yeah, Brian, thank you for that. And thank you for the um, explanation of, of why you're supportive, because I think all of those things are, are really important. And I think the, um, one of the most exciting things from my perspective is the fact that this was a business initiative working with our governments rather than a top-down initiative. So I'm always a fan of 
of things that start at the bottom up from the from the community and from the businesses and appreciate your your other mentions of, of why you think this is important. Um, so thank you. Let, let's circle back to the housing question. Okay. Um, because we, we know that workforce housing, community housing, attainable housing, affordable housing, whichever fill in the blank housing term that we use, we know yep. that housing remains a significant barrier to our community sustainability and, and business growth. So how you talked a little bit before about the process and the bottleneck, uh, but how will you work to ensure that workforce housing can be developed? And if you can be specific and provide examples. Okay. Um, so we've been trying to, as a, I have had a bunch of other people talking to me about this and we're trying to look outside of the community and within the community, obviously, to find a solution to this. Bold housing move is a lot of good ideas. I just don't make, think it's making progress and headway fast enough to actually get to the bottom of the housing issue. We need to think on a larger scale. Um, we look to Gallatin County in Montana, and that's where Big Sky is. And they are building houses up there for about $300,000. And the way that they're doing it is the, um, what do you call it? Uh, the county government is helping to get infrastructure and get land purchased um, and not and not spending taxpayer dollars, but, but using it as a loan, which is similar to the process that they're doing with full housing moves. But I think that getting something like that going, getting a developer involved, they're the experts in this. The county is not. And following a model that is shown to be working. I mean, we need to get thousands of people in the houses, not hundreds and not three or four at a time. So um I think that that is an important place to look is to the private sector and to do our research and to see what's worked elsewhere and incorporate that. It's not going to be the perfect fit or the perfect answer for Eagle County, but I think it can be an amazing start to getting the right answer. There's never going to be the perfect answer, but there is some good answers and solutions out there. And we just need to be looking at it at a way larger scale. And that's across the board, Chris, that's affordable housing, that's long-term rentals, as well as short-term rentals. I mean, we all know the Airbnb stuff really killed the places for people to live for J1s and things like that up here. And that's not going to go away. There's really not going to be a good solution to that. Besides, we're just going to have to find a way to make more housing to accommodate where that was lost. Yeah. And Brian, I really appreciate the specificity with the Montana example in Big Sky and what, what they're doing. So I'm going to, I'm going to research that one, but love the idea of, of helping with the infrastructure costs because that's such a big expense for the development. So I look forward to learning a little bit more about that and appreciate the um, specificity in your, in your answer there around housing, because it is a, it is such a big deal for this community and having um, good solutions and bringing ideas from outside and inside, like you said, is, is necessary for us to, to make a dent and, and move forward in a big way. So really appreciate your answer there. Let's talk about another one of those cost of living drivers and another one of those things that um, impacts our, our community members and our small business community, and that's health insurance. And we know that health insurance costs continue to be a barrier um, to living here and to our, to our citizens. And as you know, and many know, Vail Valley Partnership has been working to create the Mountain Healthcare Coalition to develop a local solution, a local solution via a purchasing collaborative. It's been, um, it's been a long process stuck in, in the state approval processes. Um, and I guess the question for you as a county commissioner candidate, do you support 
local healthcare models? And would you be willing to support um, helping push through a purchasing collaborative model? Start out with 100%. Um, something needs to change. We've got to get healthcare affordable. I'm fortunate I have a job that has affordable healthcare. And actually, it's not a very Republican thing to say, but um, I'm part of a union. And, and that's a beautiful part of the union is they have a collective bargaining unit. And it has made our health insurance incredibly affordable. And I think that's the same kind of um, direction you guys are taking at the house or fixing the insurance issue. And it, it's a really sound plan. I mean, if the more people you have pooling their money together, the, the cheaper you can buy everything. And I, I think it's a good idea. Um, I don't necessarily know that it needs to be a government run idea, but I think that you guys going at it from the way that you've created other uh, community things like that, or, you know, you guys are pros at it. And I think that if you, once you get it done, I'm not going to even say an if, once you get it done, it's going to be an awesome program. Yeah, Brian, I, well, I appreciate the, um, the, the positive words and the support. And it's, there's oftentimes when at a, as a private organization working on behalf of the business community, we lean on our elected officials to help us move these types of things through at a state level. Um, and just for clarification, it will be a private run effort. We, we just need permission from the state. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what we're waiting on at this point is just getting that permission from the state. So yeah, we, we certainly agree and been working on this for a long time and know the impact to the community. So appreciate, appreciate your um, expressed support for that as well. We, we think the local control model um, would, would have huge benefits to our um, small businesses and certainly to the people on the individual market as well. Um, let's talk a little bit um, about another one of those drivers, another one of those cost of living challenges. And I know I've, I've, I've seen you at some town meetings and other um, public events, and I know you've talked about this a little bit, but let's share it with our listeners here on the podcast. And the question is around early childhood. And um, how would you support the development and ongoing operations of early childhood centers in Eagle County? And I guess even taking a step back, is this something the government should be involved in or should this really just be driven only by the private market? Well, that presents a very interesting question. Um, I think it should be a private sector issue. Um, I don't have an issue with the government helping to make it a little more affordable. I mean, grant programs, things like that. Um, but I think that we need to be fiscally responsible when we do it. We need to know how much money is going into it, where it's going, how it's getting there. I think that we should look at uh, ways to drive the government's involvement down. And I think looking into things such as churches that aren't used during the week that could be easily converted because they're there for um, Sunday schools. A lot of them are already set up for youth and being able to you know, kind of gear it that direction. And that's not saying that we're bringing religion into childcare. That just means we're using the building for the childcare. And I want to make sure that's very clear that that's not, you know, my stance on that. Um, but I think that we can obviously get those things done. I would way rather see something like this funded at a county level as opposed to a state level. And I think that where the government's involvement in early childhood education should be, or early child, how'd you say it? I'm trying to read your question again. Early childhood um, development and centers. Um, should be in the health and safety aspect. Let's make sure that they're clean. Let's make sure there's no sharp corners and the kids are going to have a great environment to go to school and, and, and be kids, you know. But I don't think that at an early childhood age, we should be getting so involved in the curriculum and things like that. And I really think that we need to keep the woke agenda out of early childhood education. You know, 
that that's way too young to be even addressing any of those kinds of issues. Yeah, no, all, all good comments. And I've heard you say the, um, an advocate for the use of, as an example, um, the church spaces. And I think that's, I think that's a brilliant um, part of the solution. So thank you for, for sharing that one. And, and um, I hope that, I hope that moves forward and folks start to think about some of those spaces that already exist that, that might not um, be exactly up to whatever regulatory. I don't know what some of the hurdles might be. I'm, I'm only assuming, but I think thinking a little bit differently about the problem as you've expressed it um, is certainly something that's important and um, where the role of government plays with regards to grants and things is, is, is good discussion as well. We know it's an issue. We know that there's efforts affront uh, public and private and how they work together um, all, all to be, to be determined, I think. Um, but we know it's an issue in the community and appreciate some of those out of the box, uh, thinking and approaches there. So Brian, one more, one more big question for you, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up with a couple easier questions. The last one is around workforce and you've mentioned workforce and you've talked about that a little bit, but let's, let's talk about it specifically in regards to workforce development and the programming there. And again, the question comes down to the role of government in um, workforce development programming. And what, what do you think the role is in supporting professional development, training, reskilling, upskilling, helping people with that um, talent pipeline and helping our, our businesses um, grow their own workforce from the folks who are already here in Eagle County. What role does the government have with regards to that workforce initiatives? Um, well, the, the government, you know, really shouldn't be in charge of uh, developing an area for that to grow. You guys have a program, which is the proper role of where you guys should be. I think that's a great fit into our community. Um, you know, getting skills through community colleges, things like that. But the government's role in this should be leading the private sector with incentives and deregulation possibly to encourage them to hire younger guys, to train new people. We know it's more expensive to hire somebody that doesn't know what they're doing and train them than it is to already hire a skilled laborer or a skilled worker. So I think that the government could come at uh, the private sector with some incentives. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that would look like yet, but um, I think that we could encourage them to try to hire unskilled laborers or unskilled workers and then get them skilled. And then as far as like you're saying, the upskilling, making it exciting, making a different workforce that um, you and I sat there at dinner or lunch that day and had the discussion about, um, you know, just it's a different mentality with the generation that we're dealing with right now and, and encouraging the fact that it, it's okay to just have a job. You don't need to be the president of the United States. We all want to be. I mean, I actually, actually, after signing up for this, I'm going to say maybe I don't want that anymore because it's not as much fun as everybody thinks it would be. But I think that, uh, you know, just encouraging a new mentality, bringing a new vision to it and getting these um, companies an incentive and a way to have extra funding to um, train people would be an important way to approach this. Yeah, the the workforce training in, in both the trades and in the, the non-trades from construction to hospitality, information technology to finance, nonprofits to public sector work. I, across the board, we know we have the workforce shortages, and I think the role of government to incentivize and support those types of training programs so they can be brought um, forth in a way that, that assists people, um, that helps people, that helps retain people in our community, 
Um, that certainly is a, a direct way to support businesses as well. So appreciate you um, sharing your thoughts on that. I think it's it's a really important consideration as we move forward. And with all the other issues we've talked about, um, you know how we how we support the people who've already chosen to be here. Um, I think is a really important role for the county commissioners to consider moving forward. So, Brian, appreciate your your thoughts there. And I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a bridge question here. Um, not not about physical bridges, but bridging from that workforce to um, private sector and the job creators, right? The private sector job creators. And what what do you think is the the way that local government and county government can best support the private sector job creators? Um, I think a lot of it um, is going to have to do with, as well as figuring out a way to not grow government anymore, because then we're in competition. We're taking employees from the private sector and putting them into government, and, and we are reducing that workforce. So I think looking for ways to, to maintain what we have, if not reduce it some, and get those people back into the private sector, but quit competing with it, quit stealing those employees, is going to be an important step to take in um, regards to what you're asking there. Uh, the other thing that we really need to focus on um, with the government getting involved is to not get involved, to not bring any new regulations and it's not bring anything else to the table that makes it hard to be in business and makes it more expensive. Yeah, it, it, thank you for that. I think it's, it's it, the best supporting the private sector job creators is sometimes just maintaining the, the safety issues you talked about earlier. Um, but letting them letting them do their stuff, right? Letting letting them do their thing, without worrying about all the um, the paperwork and regulatory aspect that comes often along with it. Reducing that friction where you can, um, I think, is a very appropriate role for for local government. So let, let's as we wrap it up here, Brian. Um, what else do you want to share with our listeners? What 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 should people know about you? What else? Um, what didn't we talk about that maybe we we should have? Anything you want to share? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm running my campaign. Um, and, and the reason that I'm stepping up is I don't think that Jeannie's a bad person. I don't think she's doing a bad job. I want to make sure that I get that out there. Um, I just think that I can do a better job in certain aspects in certain areas, which is what's making me step up to the plate. Um, you can find me at brandlefreewillcounty.com. And it explains a lot on there. What I'm going to run through right here real fast is the proper role of government, fiscal responsibility, and some transparency. And I think that bringing these things to the table and to the forefront of the people's minds, 167 million is what I think it says on the county website for their uh, spending and budget this year. It's a lot of money. I mean, they tell us how much it is, but it's, you know, they put it in this pretty little pie chart, but it's really not as transparent as you think it is to try to figure out where it's at. You know, you're looking at about 350 accounting pages to find out where that money goes to. And I would like to just make it simpler. I'd like everybody to just be on the same page and understand and be able to reach out and have all the information in front of them. And they should, because at the end of the day, the people of Eagle County are the boss. We work for them. And we just need to remember that and make sure that they can make um, informed and good decisions by having all of the information available and in a very easy to digest kind of manner. Yeah, Brian, thank you so much. And I also want to thank you um, and Jeannie for that matter as well, but, but you brought it up. So I'm going to thank you. Um, you have run a clean campaign. You're not, you're not, you're talking about your platform and, and Jeannie's doing the same thing in, in complete fairness. I haven't heard her 
um, say anything negative towards you. I haven't heard you say anything negative. And on behalf of um, the huge vast majority of community members and, and folks in the community, business community, I wanna thank you. I think it's, it's such a refreshing thing to hear positive campaigns about our platforms and, and recognizing that we, have, we may have different visions, but we're, we, we have the same goals. And I, I, I thank you for bringing that up completely unsolicited. Um, I think it's so important and I think it's a, a great leadership trait um, to run on your own merits and, and, and be really positive about the things you want to bring to the table and where your differences lie without attacking the other person. We, we need more of that in the world. And I think you and, and, and Jeannie have both been exemplary in that regard. So thank you for that. That, that was a long thank you. But I think the context is important and you brought it up. I wanted to reinforce that. I think it's really stellar. Um, Brian, we are running low on time here, but you, you just shared your website. I want you to share your website again and, and share how people can get in touch with you. Okay, it's brandleforeaglecounty.com. Um, and my email is just brian at brandleforeaglecounty.com. Uh, you go on my website, my cards are out all over the place and my signs and they have my cell phone number on them. And if you have questions or concerns or comments, reach out, get to know me. Um, I intend on once I'm elected to make decisions that represent everybody. And that means that I'm still going to be your friend and your neighbor. And we're all still going to be in a good spot. So thank you for having me, Chris. This has been amazing. Be sure to subscribe to the Partnership Podcast on whatever platform you're listening right now. And find more resources at valevalleypartnership.com.